The common men lead busy lives and as such, we'd like you to know that this episode was recorded six days before release. So please bear with us when we talk about some news that is no longer news. We apologise in advance. Welcome back to the man cave of the common man with its unmistakable stench of pizza, methane, links, sweat and tears that comes from weeks of watching playoffs and finals on the TV. Joining me as usual, we have the global leader himself. Welcome 40. Hey boys, good to be here, friendy horse. Uh, another episode, another one down. Excited for tonight. Excellent. That's what we like to hear. And of course, it wouldn't be a podcast without Victoria's saltiest West Coast Eagle fan, Welcome, Friendy. Yeah, g'day, fellas. Uh, look, we're not going to be talking too much AFL, I hope, in this podcast, but uh, oh. happy to talk about NBA and uh, <laughs> some juicy NBL news coming up, I do believe. And, and Friendy, I like how horses shifted the salty, salty from the salty Eagles yes. supporter compared to the salty Costco combat <laughs> that is loser. True. That is true. <laughs> salty is a transferable word. Oh, look. look. Well someone saltier than me. There's someone salty <laughs> to me, so uh, let's celebrate yeah, that. Why not? <laughs> now, as much as you want to just jump into this straight away, Friendy, we're going to leave it for just a short little while because the time is already ticking and we're working to a deadline. So I think we need to hop straight into another episode of The Common Man. This month in sport. And yes, what a month it has been in sport. I told Friendy before we were going to hold off on his salty West Coast talk, but we're not going to hold off that long, I don't think, because we're going to start with some AFL. And as we are on the precipice of week two of the finals, and you might be listening to this when we're looking at prelim final week already, I've got this question for you, Friendy. Actually, it's not a question. It's more of a big call that I think you'd like to make about this season. What What do you want to say about this season? Oh, look, uh, I think it's fair to say this season has a massive asterisk next to it. Um, <laughs> I think we're, we're going to look back at this in 20 years' time and go, oh, yeah, that's the season no one cared about. I think it's as simple as that. There is no doubt about it. And I think, guys, I'm just going to put it out there. You might agree with that statement after oh. this weekend. Oh, don't know. Look, uh, classic friendy, just up and down like a yo-yo, depending <laughs> on how his feelings are. <laughs> it's, it happens during the game, doesn't it? Just during yeah. <laughs> any round of this season, we would get a few messages. This season sucks. <laughs> Loving it. We're back on board. <laughs> I, I will, I will... I will That's, say this though, I, I thought the umpiring, I'm not I'm not normally one to bag the umpires too much. I, I won't lie, I do like to bag the umpires, but not too much. They were horrendous in the West Coast Eagles game. Not happy about that. That throw at the end cost us. That was I'm still not happy about it. Yes, I'm salty, Ford. Yeah, well, you, you deserve to be, uh, friend. You deserve to be. <laughs> yeah. You finished fifth and you're out first week. Bang. Oh, I know. <laughs> I'd rather that than uh, out in straight sets. So pressure's on you boys. Well, no, we didn't go out in straight sets. 
Yeah, well, yes. you know, each to their own. At least we get another week of hope. <laughs> One true. more week of hope than you had. And hey, also <laughs> thank you, West Coast, because finishing eighth is actually, that's the best possible scenario for Geelong with that draft pick as well after you made the finals. Well, finishing seventh. So, you know, okay, I'm pretty happy with that result as well. It is, and I will so, say this as well, that it was only a 17-round season. So if it was a normal season, I think we probably would have finished top four. So that's why massive <clears> asterisks doesn't count. Should have, should have, could have, would have. Come on, Brian. <laughs> probably if there was another five rounds, you would have had to have played them somewhere else other than home because uh, <laughs> only true. three teams had home games for the season, but four teams that's right but i think that's exciting right. news coming out of the west with uh josh kennedy and shannon hearn re-signing which means shannon hearn next year will become the first west coast eagles player to ever play 300 games so big there news go. Out of the west that is exciting amazing that is exciting we always thought it might have been david Weirapunda, um because he's <laughs> yeah because he started his career as a 16 year old um yes but then of course it turned out he wasn't 16 he was 21 um, he just didn't know what his age was when he started. So, true story. True story that David Weirabunda. He, he dominated he was the 19s. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Yeah, he had a moustache and a beard. And, uh, yeah, he was uh, in, still in under-18s at that age. Hey? Great player, though. Yes. Yes, he was. <laughs> he was great to watch. It is surprising for... Uh, a club that has been around for a, a solid 33 years now that they haven't had a 300 gamer yet, but well, maybe it, it's, it poses it's the turf. It, well, yeah. You're going to tell me about the travel. Is that what you're going to say? That, that's right. It poses that question, doesn't it? It does indeed. Now 40, there is still at time of recording six teams involved. Are we going to change who, who is going to win? Who do we think at this point in time is uh, is the good? Who's going to win the premiership? Well, yeah. look, my uh, initial thoughts at the start of the season was a Richmond. Uh, then last pod, I changed tune and went with a homer with the Geelong Cats. Now I'm not counting them out. I still think we're we're a chance. You tell me if there's a chance, <laughs> and uh, I think there's still there's certainly a chance. I think obviously the front runners are Brisbane. And I still think Richmond. Um, depending on who they play, uh, I still think they're a huge chance still to go through to the grand final. So, look, I'm going to still stick with my team, Geelong, but I'm loving Brisbane. I'm loving the way they're playing. Love Charlie Cameron. He's uh, exciting to watch. Are you guys uh, disappointed that you missed out on Joe Danaher and he's picked Brisbane Lions for next year? No. He can go. We don't want uh, Sookie Joe. Broken down um, Joe, yeah. about... Yeah, we're all about uh, Jeremy Cameron coming oh, to Jeremy the Cameron, Geelong yes. Football Club. And uh, this this may not be a hot off the press where people listen to it, but uh, Giants superstar Jeremy Cameron has opened up renewed contract talks with the Geelong Cats after being underwhelmed by a contract offer from GWS. Now, we want to think about post-era uh, of Tomahawk. Now, he's still got a couple of good years in him, I'd suggest Hall, especially after the year he's had this year. But he would be a nice piece to add down the uh, forward line alongside the Tomahawk. He would be a beautiful piece. Uh, well, I don't know exactly <laughs> a, what. <laughs> a fine, a fine pe- specimen, you would suggest. Yes, a fine <laughs> specimen. He mightn't have had the greatest year, 
But look, I, I too am reading Geelong emerges as shock player. I didn't think it's a shock player. I think they've been targeting for the last couple of years saying, come down to Geelong, have a fish with us. Exactly. Yeah. But those talks were, um, I think, were sort of kind of subdued. But uh, obviously with the most recent offers from GWS, he hasn't been quite uh, impressed by that. So, yeah. Some of, the, think- some of the skinniest pins going around. Skinniest legs going around, that guy. Well, he didn't have a great year, but I at the start of the year, we all thought, well, most of us uh, mm. suggested he would go on and win the Coleman medal. Yes, so that's maybe correct. there was some maybe there's some more to come out behind the scenes that uh, tension maybe with the club maybe has affected his on-field performance. Who knows? So a fresh start down in Geelong could be all what he needs. Come down to the Cattery. Exactly. Cattery. Yep. Give me Jeremy Cameron over Joe Danaher any day of the week. And It is uh, interesting to hear. I've heard a few people suggest that maybe the GWS are just going to uh, have a fire sale and get rid of a few and just say, no, we've got to reload and start again because we're not going to win a premiership with who we've got at the moment. They've got Jackson Haightley, who's heading over to Adelaide. They've got Zach Williams to Carlton. They've got Aidan Core to North Melbourne. If Jeremy Cameron was to leave as well, then... Yeah, wow. Yeah. And they de- they delisted Heath Shaw. Does does a club pick him up? That's on the the verge of grand final glory. Now, of course, the other the other trade from a Geelong perspective, and I apologise to those that aren't Geelong listeners, was Sean Higgins. I've heard is basically a sure thing to come to Geelong. Forty is a, sure a Geelong thing. supporter. Yep, forty is a Geelong supporter. How do you feel about topping up with a thirty three year old? I'm not sure, horse. It's a good question. We've got a, a lot of young uh, players. You don't want him to take the spot of a, a developing player. But if we're on the verge of a premiership and he could be the thing that just helps us get over the line, well, we'll welcome him with open arms, won't we, horse? Yes, Liv, as long as we haven't paid overs for him, we haven't paid too much for him. There is that concern, though, bringing in someone like Sean Higgins for another year or two takes away games from a Fogarty or a Constable or a Narkel who could then leave. And there's a, you know, a hundred game, potentially 200 game player for the club going somewhere else for opportunities. And there's only so many times that we can keep doing this before we, uh, we might find ourselves with a lack of I reckon depth. though with the, with the players like Selwood and Hawkins and Dangerfield who, you know, they're at the the tail end of their careers, like they're probably putting the pressure on the club saying, guys, we need to get one in the next one or two. So, and they would have some pull. Um, so topping up, you know, losing a Gary Abbott probably well, at the end of this year and bringing in a Sean Higgins, one out, one young, in, I, I, think, I think that's okay. It's a young recruit there bringing yeah, in Sean Higgins. Yeah, you've gained three years. <laughs> yeah, that's right, that's right. <laughs> at least more, four, isn't it? Gaza, so, Gaza yeah. might go again. Surprise, everyone go again. Oh, no. I think it's uh, highly It is definitely the last dance for Gaz. Uh, now, from a non Geelong perspective, Friendy, what do you think about Brad Crouch? Should a team be paying overs for a guy who has now been caught in the offseason with a little something something in his pocket in a taxi? <laughs> you know, what, Look, what effect do you think that's going to have on his value in free agency? I just think you gotta you gotta think about how his team went this year. 
Um, did he have a, a, a season that, you know, everyone was like, wow, that's an amazing season? No, I don't think he did. Did his, did his team perform? No, I don't think it didn't. So it's showing that, one, he, he wasn't willing to step up for his team. He wasn't willing to show leadership. And I think that all counts with this sort of stuff. Add in a little something-something in the pocket in the taxi. <laughs> I think his his value drops big time. And I, I don't think he can ask what he thought he was owed because you haven't you haven't done what you've you're supposed to do as a as a so-called star of the game. So unders for him, mate. Do you want to see him at your club 40? Yeah, look, I don't know. It, I'm not too interested. I think um yeah, you probably don't want my opinion. So moving on. <laughs> Just give Narkle a few more games. Give Constable a few more games. He could do what Yeah, I like Constable. Yeah, I like I'm the, all about close. Been... Get close on the field. Yeah, I love that mohawk. Get that mohawk on the field. Okay, so according to our algorithm, Richmond are still going to be the premiers. They're just taking the long way to get there. We'll revisit that in the next episode, no doubt. But I think it's time that we move on to a little NBA. Now, 40, since we last chatted, unfortunately, your beloved Celtics have been knocked out of the playoffs. And as we record, we're almost at the end of a Lakers Heat final series that has been pretty underwhelming. I say pretty because, of course, there was Jimmy's game three. But 40, mm. tell me, do you think the Celtics would have put up a better show had they made it through? 100%. 100%. Unequivocally, yes. But in Miami's defence, they have not had Goran Dragic, so that's been a huge loss. Yes. And then obviously Bam's been injured too. So they certainly were on the back foot right from the beginning um, they were the well-deserved East Conference winners, so they deserve to be there. But with those particular two players not being 100% and available, I definitely think Boston would have uh, put up more of a fight and probably been a better matchup. I think Bam has certainly uh, been absolutely dominated by AD. So it was an awesome game, though, by Jimmy, game three. That was a, a game, one, of the, one for the ages, hey? It was. It was a 40-point triple-double. He joined some illustrious company in doing that. He joined Shaquille and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar as the only two other players to have a 40-point game in a final series without putting up a three-point attempt. So there you go. Yeah. (laughs) Crazy. No three-point attempts. That's what makes it even more amazing. Exactly. But it's And it's no three-point attempts, but he's not a center. So it's not yeah. like Shaq or Kareem under the basket, yeah. little putbacks, yeah. getting the lob, you know, like he had to work for all of his baskets. It was a sight to behold. And as I've mentioned before, as a Chicago Bulls fan, still got a place in my heart for Jimmy G buckets. And so that'll be, that'll be the highlight of the finals series for me, for sure. Did anyone, did either of you see his interview before the start of the game? No. I the only one I saw was as in his uh, referring to LeBron's comment. No, no. They basically, they, as Jimmy was warming up before the start of the game, they came over and had a quick chat to him. And man, for someone who was two nil down in an NBA final series, he was so relaxed. It was ridiculous. 
it was like he was going out to play Wednesday night at Life Be In It. And they were like, so you're confident? He's like, oh, yeah, we got this. And you know, like, <laughs> sure, you can say that. But then he was like, yeah, yeah, we got this one. And then he goes out and absolutely dominates and puts in one of the greatest all-time NBA finals performances in history. That is a guy who certainly backed up what he was saying. Yeah, but let's let's be Definitely. honest. Like, I mean, what have they got to lose? They they can go yeah. out there. They're not expected to win. Um, if we backtrack a little bit, I, I agree with you, Ford. I think Celtics would have would have put up a better fight. Um, having said that, only themselves to blame um, mm. in the Miami series. I think there's yep. a couple of games that should have gone Celtics' way, um, and they just let it slip towards the end. Um, yep. So I actually thought. Celtics were the better team, but Miami just just a great team culture that they have. Uh, but take out Bam and take out Goran for two games that that hurt too much. Mm-hmm. And um, oh, massively, you know. So, well, look, I think it's going to end in five. I think look, game three, Jimmy was awesome, but let's be honest, as if the NBA didn't tap the Lakers on the shoulder or LeBron on the shoulder and say, "Hey guys, just drop one, just help us out <laughs> a little bit." We need <laughs> we need just a little bit more money, seriously, guys. What? Tell that to LeBron. I don't think that uh, <laughs> would have gone down too favorably. He's I, locked in, hey. Oh, I tell you what. If Miami were to win yesterday and win the series, like LeBron's legacy would it would be destroyed forever. One hundred percent. Hey, exactly. look. I, I was going to say they've won. They've won from well, they being LeBron's come back from a three-one deficit. You know, so. It's 3-1 at the moment. But like LeBron drops 28, 12 and 8 in game four. And they said that he played a bad game. He shot it at 56% or something. Like yeah. the dude is, we, we have him on such, he has to be on such a pedestal. Like as in he has to perform to the extreme for us to even think he's played a good game. My boy yeah, LeBron exactly. deserves some more respect. All right. But fellas? tell me now, either Friendy's a fortune teller or he's, LeBron's speechwriter, because we all now know that LeBron just wants his damn respect. Tell me he's not being a little bit motivated by AD more than anything else out there, and that he he doesn't want this Finals MVP, and that's what's driving him. Well, and that and that's mm. what a lot of people are saying. the The NBA Finals is not Miami versus Lakers; it's AD versus LeBron for the MVP. Who do you oh, got? Sure. I've got LeBron. I've got LeBron in front. I think AD, AD. let himself down in Game Three, but no. Nah, um, got- LeBron, uh, yeah. Let's just pretend like we all said LeBron here. I'll tell you what, though. I'll tell you who, who the, the, the GOAT is and who started from the bottom and is now at the top. Eric Alex Caruso. Oh. <laughs> no, no. Eric, Eric Spolstra. He started as the, the video dude back in the 90s, and now he's in his fifth NBA Finals. Like, what a guy. Yeah. I know. He, and he's by amazing. The, by the looks of that photo, he was 12 years old when he started as a video <laughs> exactly guy as well. right. <laughs> have you boys you've also heard there's some new news uh, obviously there's been a few uh play movement well not play movements but coaching yes. doc rivers to philly i uh i'm excited by that it didn't take long he was at uh, out one door and uh straight away into another door <laughs> um uh, i'm excited to see him at philly i think that's a great addition um for them question on that one what do you for guys think? yeah and i think it's a great pickup by philly i like doc rivers the dude Same. just signed, just got sacked by his team, has two years mm. left running on his contract, but then also signed a five-year deal. How does that I work? Know. Mate, he's on good coin. 
Yes. Tell you what, his tax might be quite high, but uh <laughs> <laughs> but who cares? Why not? He, exactly. Glenn is absolutely raking it in. Can I also say about Glenn, Glenn Doc Rivers? How do you think he feels about um, the only time, only year he's coached PG Paul George, who um, is out in the out in the public that and well documented that he cheated on his Doc Rivers' daughter with um, a stripper from a club, and had to coach him, which would have been hard. But then the year that he coaches him, he gets sacked. Paul George just likes to just. Stick it right in him, doesn't he? Yeah, well, you could, I mean, you could say it really well, playoff P is yeah. the reason why they lost in the semifinals as well. Playoff P. He's just there to play off P off Doc Rivers, isn't he? <laughs> Forty's got nothing else to add about that comment. I thought he was going to jump in. <clears throat> Well, I was going to jump in, but I thought it might be inappropriate when you uh, say he really wants to stick it in, doesn't he? I know. I was... <laughs> that has been... I'm like, well, that has been where the are you problem. going with this, Freddy? That has that, been the problem. That has been the problem in the past. It continues to be. What he's sticking in this time around, we're not quite sure. I think uh, meant... COVID-19 does feel like we've been in a prison for six months. So, you know. It's going to shiv True. him. He's not going to stick in his playoff P. So, boys, how do you think Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid, Doc mm. Rivers, do you think Doc wants to keep those two? Will it work? Will he move on from Ben or move on from Joel? I th- what does I that team look like? I thought you were pitching that Doc was going to be form part of the triangle offense. They were going to run the triangle. <laughs> Simmons, Embiid and Rivers. Yeah. Bring it, bring it. Why not? <laughs> well, crazy rumors out there suggesting that they're going to, they pretend. Well, one of the um, articles I was reading was they are talking about trading Ben Simmons to Minnesota to get the number one pick so they can get LaMelo ball. Now, mm. crazy. That is crazy. <laughs> wow. Why would you get uh, another point guard like Ben Simmons is ultimate? Like, that seems strange unless uh, they want some more perimeter shooting. Lamelo Ball's not going to give you perimeter no. shooting. <laughs> so why would you? Yeah, exactly. So that that is uh, that is interesting. I would probably think they would rather move on. And uh, I don't know. This might be a bit bit controversial, but they probably might want to prefer to move on from Joel and build more around uh, Ben Simmons, Harris, uh, Josh Richardson, uh, and then maybe see um, who else they can bring into to the the fold. But Joel Embiid, they'd get a fair bit of value back, I would suggest. I would Maybe. personally build around Ben Simmons. I think he's yeah. uh, the long-term. Um, and also, too, big guys like Joel Embiid, they're not really what the NBA is built around at the moment. Big centers, people like, like Bam is six foot nine and he's playing center in the NBA finals. Like, And he's running the, the break if he needs to. Correct. That's right. So the Shaquille O'Neal's, aren't the impact players like they once were. But does the BAMs, can they cope with playing against an AD? That's the difference. When you've got uh, a player like AD, mm. BAM, and the same thing, Boston would have struggled the same same as uh, what Miami are. They still, you still need to have a tall centre, I think, but 
they need to be versatile. And that's that's what's so great about AD. He is so versatile. Is Joel Embiid as versatile? I, I would rather see him as a Boston Celtics player shooting threes rather than inside the paint. Tell you that. Well, AD is a, a great example because his first season in the NBA, he didn't put up one three-point shot. Um, and now he's averaging five attempts a game. So he's adjusted his game to how the NBA is going. And um, I think Joel's trying to do that, but he's got to get himself fit. He's he's yeah. hasn't been fit and he's been injured. And if he can get fit, like he's a dominant force, but I think Ben's the safer option. I do feel it's a bit like Bainesy. Bainesy friendy. Well, he did Bainesy. turn it around. Hey, he turned he's it around. Up he's a three-point three point specialist. What Can't about, even get a game of him. What about Brooke Lopez? Exactly. Another example. Adjusted his game. Does, spread there when you've got a seven-point yeah. center who can put up seven threes a game. Even more, I would suggest sometimes. <laughs> he does. Yeah. I, um, I was going to say, a little bit off topic, but if anyone in the NBA is going to come back this from this offseason with man boobs, I feel like it's Joel Embiid. Joel, Joel. 40 saying Joel has really put me off. <laughs> so I think the main problem really for Philadelphia is that they've got so much money tied up in Horford and Harris more than anything. Exactly. Which really that was so I, signing Horford was such a bad move for them. I just that money that they were willing to spend. Um, I'm glad Boston was smart not, not to spend as much money. Yep. Um, but yeah, he went. I mean, you can't blame him. If they're going to spend a, you know, offer another forty million dollars and a longer term contract, why wouldn't you sign it? But yeah, I agree, horse. That probably has uh, set them, put him in a difficult situation. Indeed, indeed, I think it has. It really has. Look, from a Bulls perspective, exciting times. We've got Billy Donovan. We've got pick four, and yep. There's still a number of coaches floating about. There's still going to be a lot of change happening before Definitely. next season as well. We've still got an uh, NBA draft to look forward to. We've got our postseason movements. So it's going to continue to just happen at quite a rapid rate. And before we know it, we'll be into season 2021, 20, 22 even. Who knows what year? No, it's 2021. Oh, no, it's starting in 21, isn't it? It's not going to start this well, year. They're, so, they're saying well, Christmas Day? Well, no. Well, they're saying I heard January no now. earlier. No earlier than Christmas Day. So right. okay. they could potentially start in that little holiday break. Um, they would be silly not to considering, but then it's all about the crowds. So yep. if there's no crowds, it doesn't really matter, does it? So I would think there will be crowds again because uh, I'm not sure if you guys have heard, but all you need to do to beat the coronavirus is just don't give up. So that's what the Americans will be doing. So they'll have beaten it by Christmas. Uh, I think they'll, they'll have full crowds in it. Just don't give up. Don't let it beat you. You're better than that. And Boss, would you just shut up, man? Would you just shut up? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I'm, I was really, I was really excited to hear the solution the other day to the coronavirus just don't let it beat you so <laughs> if only we knew it was that simple right from the start then we probably could have been all headed to the grand final or have enjoyed watching our teams a bit more this season 
but I think the NBA will have crowds next season because they're not having any hope so. in the NFL at all at the moment. No, none at all. <laughs> <laughs> I had a couple couple of good weeks there, and then bam, it's all over the place. But it uh, is it, the big saying: "A horse, if you can't beat him, join him." And maybe we just need to join him, eh? Join the join the spread of the coronavirus. Yeah, that seems uh, logical. Oh, it does. Well, it's yeah. Just don't, just don't let yourself get it. Yeah, it's as easy as that. <laughs> Thanks, that Chuck Norris. <laughs> okay, on that note, we're going to move across to the NBL. Exciting stuff in the NBL. We finally have a decision on the Tassie team. What's going on, Friendy? What will this mean moving forward? Give us the announcement. Oh, look, I was, I was shocked. I was horrified. It was our worst nightmare coming true. and But it's I've had a change of heart. It's starting to grow on me. But the new Tassie team are now going to be called the Tasmanian Jack Jumpers. Unbelievable scenes. Who would have thought it was out of the top five, it was the worst one there. But as Tassie always do, they like to just go against the grain a little bit. Tell me, Ford, what is a Jack Jumper? Well... It's a it's it's a deadly ant, <laughs> deadly. And, uh, it's a very deadly ant. And if I was a basketball team, I'd certainly want to have a mascot of a deadly ant. <laughs> maybe a couple of ant mans. Maybe that's the uh, the evolution of the Jack Jumpers. Now, does this mean as an opposing team, you know, someone playing against the Jack Jumpers, that maybe if you just put on the aerosol? and make sure you're wearing closed toe shoes, you'll be fine. <laughs> the ants go marching one by one horse. So it, who knows? <laughs> if, they are lathered, exactly. if they are lathered up with aerosol and someone from the Jack Jumpers tries to post up on you, will they <laughs> fall to the ground, lie on their back and put their legs up in the air? Is that what's going to happen? I'll do a few, uh, few windmills. Yeah, yeah, a few well, circles. Uh... Ants can carry, what, 20 times their weight or something? So they're going to be a okay. strong team. So, no, 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 there's nothing so how heavy, are, heavy, How heavy, heavy, can't even say the word properly, is an ant friend. <laughs> wouldn't be much, I wouldn't have thought. <laughs> wouldn't have thought so. So what, 20 times? 20 times of not much is not much. <laughs> But hey, well, they kudos, have, kudos to the Jack Jumpers. They have Look, to carry the this, population of Tasmania on their shoulders. We're giving so this too go. much. Tassie, be better. That's, Look, I think we're going to learn to love it, horse, but let's move on. We've given it too much airway already. <laughs> yeah, look, let's exactly. wait and see. Do they have any signings? Who's the marquee signing for the Jack Jumpers? Look, I have heard that they, they're looking at going after Brett Brown. Um, to get him down. <laughs> well, at the, uh... He's looking for a job, isn't he? That's so right. His name. Play a coach. Anyway. Yeah. Hey, there's Jack as well. I'm sure Jack jumping, he'll be uh, he'll be one of their signs. Oh, Ford, you're 40. stretching there. You're better you're than stretching. that. <laughs> what is the process uh, for an ant? Well, um, stay alive. <laughs> what would Brett Brown say? Here's the process. This is the process. Don't get trod on Trust. today. <laughs> Look after the queen. Serve the queen. Who's, who's the queen? Brett ben Brown. Simpson. I'm the queen. He'd be like, I'm the queen. That oh, one. Ben there you go. He turns up in drag. 
He says, I'm the queen. Dennis <laughs> me. Jeez. Look, I think for them to succeed, they need a marquee coach. Like, honestly, you'd at least ask Brett Brown. You'd ask an Andrew Gaze. You'd ask, you know, whoever's out there that has a name to them. And then you need two big players just to build a bit of buzz. But um, look, the ants. I just, I have no words. Yep. Yep. That's yeah, probably about it, isn't it? <laughs> I think that I think that really is. And uh, on that note, <laughs> wraps it up. let's wrap up this month in sport. Next time, I'm sure we'll have some champions, some champions to talk about. That was good. Have you spent the majority of the year working from home? Has the new COVID normal got you feeling lonely? Missing the incidental chat from colleagues at morning tea? Well, do we have the product for you? Soleagues are colleagues you can wear on your feet, made with 100% pure cotton and fitted with a tiny speaker installed with over 100 mundane phrases. You'll feel like you never left the tea room. How was that match on the weekend? Hot day today, hey. Oh, that looks yum. Did you make it yourself? Is it time for Smoko? With Soleggs, you don't have to feel like working from home means working alone. Chuck another shrimp on the barbie, mate. It's time for the grill. Oh, yeah. Well, welcome back to the grill. Yes, it's exciting. We haven't grilled for a while. Today, we've mm. got some ribs on the grill. Cool. Mixing it up. Some tender marinated yep. juicy ribs. They're slow cooking and they'll fall nice. off fall off the bone in just a short while. But before we get to those ribs, I've got a question to ask you guys to start off today. I'm gonna to take the uh take the reins of the grill, take the tongs of the grill and have control here with the first question. And my question is this: now that the NBA and AFL are nearing the end, there's gonna be a short gap before the cricket starts and that'll mean that there's a gap to fill in our sports watching habits so what would you guys recommend i go out and watch or listen to 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 keep me charged to keep me filling the gap and keeping that need met for my sports fix i'm going to start actually by telling you something that i think both of you should listen to and it's a podcast series called the whistleblower and the premise of this podcast is all about the NBA referee or former NBA referee, Tim Donaghy, who in 2007 was arrested for betting on games that he officiated. And they break it down and they uncover a few truths or a bit of hearsay about the NBA and the dark side of the NBA and how much control that the referees have, which is sort of, I'm not going to say unprecedented but it is compared to any other sport in the world the amount of control that the referees have during a game there are rules that there no one else really holds holds them accountable to afterwards you know there's not that process of someone going through every decision and giving you a ranking and then maybe taking you off games if you can justify why you thought things happened and 
Uh, yeah, I found it a fascinating listen. They talk about specific games that occurred, the, the 2002 playoffs, uh, the Sacramento Kings and LA Lakers game six. Like there's a lot to this story. So I'm throwing that one out there as my recommendation to you guys to go listen to the whistleblower. So maybe we can talk about that a little bit more in another episode. Forty, what do you reckon we should be going out to watch or listen to? So this is like a third isolation in some ways, isn't it? No, we're kind of in the middle of the, well, there's no sport happening. Well, there's sport happening somewhere in the world, but I would suggest my recommendation to both of you guys, and we have briefly mentioned this in some of our podcasts, is the Test Series Doco. Now, this is on Amazon currently, but I believe uh, Channel 7 are going to be showing it. Now, I'm not sure if they're showing the whole series, whether you guys can confirm or deny that, but they are certainly showing one episode, I think. And for me, watching this was, I I think I spoke about this before, Um, this was something both myself and Jen, we both watched and enjoyed and just the drama, this is one of the things I love about cricket, the drama, the stuff behind the scenes. There's a lot of you know, time sitting in the change rooms, waiting to go out to bat and you're out in the field, like there's the mental battle and the story, the fairy tale of you know coming back from the scandal of cheating and then going all the way through to India and the games they played there and won uh, and then obviously going to England's uh, home turf and retaining the ashes was incredible. And I would put it up there. Big call with the last dance. Ooh, wow. That is a huge call. That is huge. Big call. Massive Big call. call. But I'm, I'm backing myself in. Justin Langer, and you, I know you will be on this, Friendy. Unbelievable. Loved his leadership. Loved mm. his... Perfect person, Tim Payne as well. Just the right person to lead the team in that uh, season and what what uh, needed to happen. So just so inspiring and uh, I would recommend it to anybody. Excellent. So what you're saying, The Last Dance won the Emmy. So we would be expecting then that... It's got to win a Logie, sure. It's got to win a Logie. That's where I was headed. <laughs> it's got to win a Logie. At least. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> awesome. Well, I, I must admit, I have watched the first episode and it is something that I need to revisit and keep going with for sure. I, I love the uh, in the enthusiasm in which you pitched that to me, Forty. Oh, I'm glad. <laughs> now, Freddie, <laughs> Freddie, you've got yes. to match that level of enthusiasm. What do you yes, got for no. us? And look, I think it's, the test is going to be Ford's favourite, um, probably until the Melbourne Stars documentary comes out. Uh, I'm yeah, sure in a couple that's of months' time. Well played, Trendy. Has been a while since a Melbourne Stars reference in Ford got in there. <laughs> After we win the uh, 2021 uh, BBL, don't yeah, worry about that's right, that's right. So, no, I appreciate uh, what you guys have brought to the table. I think, look, the, the, the win of the year has got to have been The Last Dance, which if you haven't watched it, you must go and watch that. That is just the best docu- sports documentary I've ever seen. Um, I will throw out a couple of options because I, I don't really have a favourite. 
one that's been uh, it's very well received and, and gets a lot of listeners is the the Joe Rogan podcast, which uh, gets a lot of guests on and um, very interesting man to listen to. And he's very strong with his opinions. And um, I don't know, it, some of the podcasts are quite long, but you yeah, get if right you've got, I was going to say, if you've got a spare seven or eight hours to <laughs> yeah, that's right. sit there and listen to an episode, you can get stuck into that. But, but one I do love to listen to a lot, and it's and it is a lot of sport. Um, but it also talks about rewatchables, about movies, and that is the Bill Simmons podcast. If uh, you know, I love a bit of Bill Simmons. He's a Celtics man. So do I. Yeah, I don't um, mind Bill. And so I do appreciate that. And uh, so there's a couple for you guys listening at home. If you need something to listen to, excellent. Obviously, apart from the, the Common Man podcast. Yeah. Oh, well, that absolutely. goes without saying. Come on, man. Yeah, Definitely. but when you know when we only produce one episode every eight months, then <laughs> compared to Bill, who does one every two days, exactly. Oh, We've got a, you know, you got a bit of time to fill if you're hanging out for the next Common Man. Can I throw one other thing out there, which is yes. it's a TV show. It's yes. on. Oh. It's on Apple TV. So not many it's people. Not the Mars Mas Singer. No, it's not the Mars Singer. I'll oh, leave that. That's good. more. Okay. That's more in your wheelhouse, there, forty. <laughs> it's called Ted Lasso and it is by Jason Sudeikis and Bill Lawrence. Bill Lawrence was the creator of Scrubs and it is based around the premise that an English Premier League team hires an American football coach to manage the club. And it's funny but it's also got uh, some heartwarming parts to it. It's got a bit of everything, lots of laughs. It's got some soccer in it. You don't need to be a soccer lover to enjoy it, but there is still some sports analogies in there as well. So I'm throwing that one out there. It's an 8.5 on IMDb as well. Well, that's my question done. We'll throw over to you, Forty, for your question. Thanks, boys. Uh, my question as we... Uh smell a bit of those smoke ribs horse is who do you think was the greatest sledger so far all time now we have suggested in the past as we're discussing the last dance that michael jordan was probably most likely up there but i'd like to think from an australian perspective and i've got a story to back this up uh, my greatest sledger is shane wall and uh, this story, this story that goes along with it might sort of gives him a insight into the art of sledging. It's not, it's not about abuse or anything like that. It's about getting under your opponent's skin, putting them off their game. And this particular story was Shane Warne versus Daryl Cullinan, a batsman from South Africa. And we called Daryl Cullinan Shane Warne's bunny because he couldn't pick the flipper. And... Uh, there was a, a story that Shane Warne was uh, coming up to bowl with Daryl and, and Daryl obviously had been struggling a lot in the past. And Shane found out that Daryl had been getting some cancelling. And so all Shane said in this one game, he goes, hey, Daryl, what colour was the couch? And not long after that, a couple of balls later, Shane, bang, got him out. See you later. Off to the pavilion, uh, Daryl. Thanks very much. And for me, 
didn't abuse, didn't put him down, just asked a question, told him that he knew that he's been struggling with him. And for me, that uh, story always in the back of my mind is uh, one of the greatest sledges. Boys, do you have any suggestions from uh, who you think would be the greatest sledger? Hey, well, just further to that one, because <laughs> uh, Cullinan did get a little bit back on Warney in terms of sledging as well. I'm not sure if you're aware of his response, but uh, four years after that test series, as Cullinan made his way out to the crease, uh, Warney, Warney said to him, I've been waiting four years for another chance to humiliate you. <laughs> and, and do you know what Cullinan's response was? Looks like you've spent it eating. <laughs> <laughs> See, I don't know. It's not really like, although Shane Warnes wasn't really that, uh, um, it's quite colourful, I suppose, as well. So I'm sure there was a few other uh, words thrown in there, horse. Yeah, there, look, there's a few good cricket ones as well. <laughs> Another one was Ian Healy with Arjuna Ranatunga. Arjuna. It might be before your time, friendy. But Arjuna was quite portly. And yep. in a one day up between Australia and Sri Lanka, Ranatunga complained of an injury and requested a runner. Oh, all the time. All the time. Yeah. And then the stump microphone actually picked up Ian Healy saying, you don't get a runner for being an overweight fat C. Yes. <laughs> I remember that. But, uh, boys, I know, Horse, you were suggesting some Geelong footy players uh, back in the era, back in the late noughts. Yes, of course. When Geelong were up and about, there was a couple of guys that didn't mind saying a few things out on the field. Stevie J was one of those. One of the famous stories of Stevie J was um, playing against the Gold Coast, and it was Campbell Brown who was playing on Stevie J one night, and the whole way through the night, Stevie J kept turning to him and asking, how much did you pay? How much did you pay? <laughs> and he was like, I've got no, no idea what he's talking about. And he, <laughs> and after the game, he went up, Campbell Brown went up to Gary Ablett and said, what's with Stevie J? He kept asking me, how much did I pay? What's he talking about? And Gary just <laughs> laughed and said, He's asking you how much you paid for tickets to the Stevie J, Stevie J show. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So good. A shout out to Half Cat, Geelong's. Oh, yes. Rest in peace. Yeah. Geelong's <laughs> mascot for as long as I can remember. And the man who, who was Half Cat for the last uh, 24, 25 years, Steve Sobey, who volunteered and you know paid a lot out of his own pocket to do these things and put a lot of time and effort into helping promote the club and bring a lot of smiles to the young Geelong supporters faces he has been uh relieved of his duties and given the axe yep he has not been just relieved. delisted he has. he has and it's a, and it's a shame mm. and I did have a story back from 2004. His his stepson, uh, Ed, who's a friend of mine, used to step in when Steve was not available to be half cat. And so Steve was overseas, I think, at the time. And Geelong was in the preliminary final and Ed had access to the half cat suit. (laughs) 
So I asked Ed if Half Cat could make a little appearance at my uni lecture. Oh, here we go. And in the middle of the uni lecture on curriculum assessment and reporting, um, I was up the back of the old Peter Thwaites in Deakin, put on my Geelong jumper and I pulled a flag out of my bag and started waving it and yelling out. And then good old Half Cat ran in and started doing laps of the lecture theatre. <laughs> came up, he grabbed the flag off me, started waving it, and I got everyone clapping, and then he ran out, and that was that, and there was nothing said. Everyone was like, what just happened? Yeah, yeah, and the lecturer was like, well, that's uh, something I've never experienced <laughs> in a lecture before. Okay, let's get on with it. That is brilliant. Oh, it was good fun and uh <laughs> it was so good just yeah everyone was like what i didn't tell anyone no one knew that he was about to come in ed's texting me sorry mate i'm a little late i've just gone past student services and they all wanted to stop and have a photo with me half cat that is great yep so rest in peace half cat you will be missed. Yep. Uh, Legend. Yes. Legend. Look, I'm I'm getting the signal from the uh, from the Weber. I don't know. Do Webers give out signals? <laughs> I don't think they've got any. <laughs> anyway, it's, it's given a few smells. Few smells. It is. It is. I can I can sniff it and say <laughs> it's done. <laughs> oh yeah, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note. Let's end uh, the grill for another episode. And here we are, guys, at the end of another episode. It's flown as usual. Of course, as we do at the end of each episode, I'd like to remind you of our email podcast for the common man at gmail.com. Haven't checked it for a few days, so it's probably absolutely flooded with emails that I will get back to. And of course our Instagram at the common man dot podcast. Oh, Dotty. Yep. Don't forget the dot. Now, before we go, Friendy, I'm going to say it. I, I was back on the hats again today. I was looking online, but I, I think I've, I think I've done my dash. I think I need to <laughs> hand it over to you. Okay. I want you to have a crack at getting someone to respond to you. About the hats, I feel like you've got a bit more pull than me. Yep. So, no, I'm on it. I'm on it. Watch this space. We will. We will indeed. I'm going to follow that up with you next show. Uh, Forty. Anything else you'd like to add before we depart? Uh, go cats. Come on. The dream oh, is alive. It's still there's alive. There's still a chance. There's, you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, everyone. We'll catch you next time. Uh, Joshio. Yo. What has small balls and hangs down? A bat. What has big balls and hangs up? That's my go-to, guys. That's my go-to.